You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. Gordy. Is Gordy just sliding in here? No further comment. I'm here. (laughs) Here, ready to hear a story. Count it on the record. Well, welcome to part two of the Day Boy and the Night Girl. Day Boy. I can't wait. Day Boy. This is for those of you who did not listen to the last episode. um, Go do that. You should. You should do that. But or don't. Yeah, you can like. I guess start this in media rest. Good luck. Just um, guess. But if if you have forgotten from the last episode, this is a Scottish tale by George MacDonald, who was Lewis Carroll's mentor. And this was suggested to us by Aubrey M. Thank you, Aubrey. And sourced from Christian Classics Ethereal Library, which you can find at ccel.org, uh, where you can also pick up the um, the full... PDF? Yeah, the full PDF, so that you can read the, the story. It's a very good story that i had to like pull out a lot of descriptions and language from so that we could get it done within two to three episodes um but there's still plenty to experience on your own indeed think of this as a a sampler platter Mm. all right uh so what do you two remember of the story thus far uh there's a day boy and and also a night girl Uh uh-huh and a witch Named um, Watho. With, named Watto with a wolf in her mind. And they Correct. fought or kissed or something. What? Or maybe just ignored each other. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> they either fought, kissed, or ignored each other. Probably one of those three. I'm beginning to think that maybe one of the reasons why folk tales are so odd is because there's always been a Gordy somewhere in the line of the oral <laughs> tradition. <laughs> One of these things occurred. You pick. Someone wrote down the results of that some years later. <laughs> All right. Um, so, there, so the night girl her name's never. Nicholas. Yes, she never experienced not only day but the outside world whatsoever. Yeah, she lived in what was basically a carved out replica of an Egyptian sarcophagus in a hillside. Um, a normal thing to have in a yeah. castle. Um, and she was raised by a little bit of Watho the witch who taught her how to do music, a little bit of, uh, Watho's trusted servant Falca, and a lot of bit of lamp. So much on lamp. On a ceiling. <laughs> lamp took care of her. <laughs> like a baby chick. Mm-hmm. Just being incubated. Dayboy got what appears to be a much more normal education, followed by a very uh, hunted, hunting-focused education. So he spends all day out killing animals. But he's not allowed to know what nighttime is. He is not. Um, I believe where we or left what fear off. is. Right, and he has learned what both of them are. 
uh, where we left off. Um, so Nycteris lost her lamp mother in an earthquake and then went, go, went looking for the light and that's how she found out about the moon, which is very exciting. And uh, Photogen, Dayboy, saw a, an animal that existed at night and decided he needed to see that animal again. Maybe to, to kill it. Since Probably that to, to kill his, it. His bag. He um, does love that. But he too has experienced moon and finds moon terrifying and nighttime terrifying. Um, so he has passed out in a garden and that's where we left off. Any questions? Yeah, I have a question. All right. Do you, when you put the shelves in your fridge, do you prefer to space them out evenly or do you like to have like one big shelf? Uh, one big shelf because you get those tall things. Yeah. This is, again, this is just to keep the show grounded in case it gets too fanciful. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we we gotta we need to have a a deep conversation, Tyler, before, before I get started. We get back into it. Yeah. Uh, sure. About fridge. You want a another incredibly fun question of the day? Yeah. I I need some incredible fun before before I work real hard at telling you the story. Uh, I'm gonna be interested to hear everybody's answer to this one. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. In 10 years' time, will you be proud of what you are doing now? Will I be proud of what I am doing now? Right now. now in now. 10 years? Yes. No. Like, like at this instant <laughs> or broadly speaking? No to all. That's up to you. Uh, yes or no, depending on how wide of a context we're talking about. I'm going to go with flat no to everything. I'm not proud of what I'm doing now. I can't imagine in 10 years I'll look back and be like, ah, yes, uh, the the goblin year, that was a fine one. <laughs> Are you now proud of what you did 10 years ago? What even was 10 years ago? Like, um, what, 22? Graduating college? I think we'd already done that 10 years ago, did we? No, no. it was exactly 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, that's because we have... Almost, a... almost to the day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I was proud of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll I'll say like yeah, I, I think so. Um, I'm gonna say I probably won't remember. I was I was just like uh, I mean if I it's... mean I guess on some level proud of graduating college, but I don't know. It just sort of was the next thing to do. And then I mean, there was adulthood on the other side, and it turns cool. out I'm not really good at that. <laughs> Um, in in terms of this show, I don't remember a year ago, let alone 10. Yeah, I barely remember last week. And only because I like made concerted efforts to remember last week because I knew that this week would be reliant upon it all. <laughs> that is helpful. Uh, if you were to remember, though, Tyler, would you be proud? We'll wait and see, I guess, if this is a good one. I have to answer at the end of the episode. Uh, we we have to answer now, but you get a whole episode to reflect upon. Well, I, I gave my answer, and you're asking for a clarification mm. that requires more data. But yeah, I think in 10 years, I will not look upon the year that I turned into a completely feral, agoraphobic goblin person drawing a lot of cats as being like my proudest moment. Uh, I'm going to say yes. I flipped a couple elections. <laughs> That's worth being proud of. All right, so now that I'm depressed, let's uh <laughs> let's get into this story. 
What an incredibly fun question of the day. So delightful. I'm really glad that we have become closer as people through that uh, very scintillating uh, prompt. Thank you, brightful.me slash blog slash question of the day. Making friendships friendlier. One question at a time. All right. So uh, we've... We've left Dayboy on the grass, and Night Girl has been uh, sneaking out re- repeatedly to kind of figure out how Moon works. Because, uh, to be fair, if you haven't learned Moon, Moon is kind of a confusing situation. Even if you have. Yeah. Like, what are you about, Moon? I'm still not sure, honestly. Well, maybe you should go stare at it some more. Why do you thing. love the ocean so much? What is it doing for us, exactly? Can we get rid of it? Why is it shaking our water around? I think something about tides would be weird and bad. Um, I don't know. I, I think a minions, lot of things would be weird and bad if we the, got rid of the, the, the movie with the minions, Despicable Me. I think they addressed this, so you should just watch did, that. Did, I <laughs> would rather not. <laughs> Alright, so, Nycteris uh, and her periodic escapes from... Uh, weird Egyptian sarcophagus home, took care not to stay out too long each time she visited the moon, and she used every precaution she knew to, but she wouldn't have been able to escape discovery for long if it had not been that the strange attacks, which I'm assuming are the moments when uh, the Lothos stoops like the wolves on her back. Mm -hmm. Um, So the strange attacks to which she was subject had not been more frequent of late, and so she'd had sort of settled into an illness that kept her bedbound. Uh, Falca, however, either from an excess of, of generalized caution uh, because she had to be away so much or some suspicion of Nycteris, had started to fasten the door that led out. So because she wasn't around as much to uh, to take care of Nycteris, she just used a door lock to do it instead. I feel like just being around Watho has instilled in falca a a number of neuroses probably i would guess um so one night when nycteris pushed against the door she found to her surprise and dismay that the the wall the part of the wall that always opened for her didn't and wouldn't let her through why is the wall mad at me first it was the wind and storms and now the wall is mad a two wall so for the first time she feels the full effects of being in a prison and uh, starts to get kind of panicky and gropes her way around to the place where she had once seen Falca disappear that wasn't that door. And she, after some time, figured out how to get that little bit open. It's like a a weird secret passage behind a picture frame or whatever. (laughs) So this led her to a cellar, um, and then a long passage, and then at the end of that, another door, (laughs) which she figured out how to open. And she found herself outside again, but now in a completely different place. So before she had been like going up the stairs and so she'd ended up on what I'm assuming is like a rampart, some kind of wall situation, staring up at the moon. And now she was in the garden that she had seen from the upper wall, uh, but hadn't figured out how to get to. So she is fucking thrilled because this is super cool. There's even more to outside than she knew before. She feels grass for the first time. She sees her shadow follow her. And at first she thinks that the shadow is a little creature that was making a game out of her, but then she figured <laughs> out 
kind of what it was, um, that it was showing up only where she blocked the moonlight, <laughs> and that also all the trees had one of the same strange attendants to them, so uh, mm-hmm. it's this got to be normal, right? So she learned not to mind it, and it became a source of amusement like a kitten feels about its own tail. <laughs> so I guess she maybe chased it a little bit. That would be fun. Just chase the moon around. Mm-hmm. It's good exercise. She's Has she not been to the garden? I thought she had been to the garden. Uh, I think she had looked down at the garden. Mm. Um, she hasn't touched grass. She has not touched grass. She has uh, As witnessed... As the internet folks say. She has witnessed... Uh, wait, uh, do they say that? Plants. What's that? that? They say didn't doesn't touch grass. No, touch grass is a common, I guess, insult these days on Twitter, is which is it? to say get off Twitter and go outside. Oh, that's uh, a, that's good advice. Which ironically, you would only know if you've been on Twitter too much. Yeah, um, I thought it was going to be a weed thing. <laughs> so she wasn't so sure about the trees. They seem to disapprove of her sometimes, or just like not even pay attention to the fact that she was there, and they were all taken up with their own business. Um, so trees are suspicious. Finally, finally, someone <laughs> says it. What are they doing standing around out there? Why are they always talking to birds? That's a fair question, huh? They're way too buddy buddy with birds. Are they trying to huff into our mouths? They, yeah, they are currently huffing directly into our mouths. I've been having some issues of late with whatever is blooming this time of year. I'm with Tim Curry from Fern Gully. We should chop down every fucking tree on this planet. <laughs> Probably. Tyler Hexes Crowley. <laughs> um, there was one tree that was like a little weirder than the others. It was white and dark and sparkling and grew up and fell to pieces. And when she got closer, she saw that it was in fact a water tree shooting up from a marble basin that was full of the same kind of real water that she took baths in and stuff. So A water tree? Yeah, she found a fountain. How women? Well, don't ruin it for me. I will. I knew what it was, but I didn't want to believe. Okay, it's a water tree, Tyler. My brain translated it, and I got mad at my own brain Hmm. for not just allowing this whimsical thing to exist. Flowers, however, she was friends with from the start, and she would wander the garden until she reached the river. Uh, She was a little afraid of the swift, watery serpent, and she wouldn't, wouldn't go, like, into it, which is wise um yeah that's a good instinct (laughs) yeah like again her her survival instincts are pretty on point uh she would sit with her feet in the water watching the reflection of the great lamp also known as moon in its (laughs) surface this story um has already compared her to a kitten yes and it's and it's um friendly rivalry with its own tail now we're heading mothwards well, I, I I just mean to say, I imagine that the way that she's experiencing things is very much how cats experience things. Yeah, I do elaborate. They are suspicious of trees. Flowers are cool. <laughs> Don't step into the watery serpent. I just imagine that a lot of the comparisons she's drawing are also what happens in a cat's brain. Okay, I can kind of see that. Uh, especially if we do see her, like, jump up and run for no reason. Yeah. Then we'll we'll have confirmation. So he has a cat, um, and we are indeed what heading. A, what a twist that would be at the end of the story. <laughs> she was a cat the whole time. <laughs> the story just says also she was a cat. My kind of story. Okay. Um, yeah, we are indeed heading mothwards uh, because a beautiful moth 
at this point brushed against the great blue eyes of Nycteris, and she sprang to her feet to follow it, in the spirit of a lover more than a hunter. So she's not after to kill the moth, she's after to play with it. So she is she is a kitten. You're right, Tyler, she's a kitten. <laughs> Uh, her heart. We needed to read only one more sentence to <laughs> yeah. find out. Kitten confirmed. Um, her heart, like every heart, if uh, wow, what did I type there? <laughs> read it phonetically. Was... Leave a little present for yourself in your notes. I don't know what words I was aiming for. <laughs> read it phonetically. Balance eats. <laughs> Balance what? eats. I, I think it's a fallacious ideas, or I don't know. Fallon's ids. Read the Look, whole sentence in context. Like every heart, if it's Fallon's ids, we're cleared away. I think. I think. <laughs> I don't like, know what that means. I have no idea. <laughs> I passed Carmen was was still recovering from the vaccine. <laughs> Very tired. Um. Anyway, her ha- heart was an inexhaustible fountain of love. She loved everything she saw. Uh, but as she followed the moth, she caught sight of, of a strange thing on the riverbank. And having not yet learned to be afraid of anything, uh, she ran straight to it to see what it was. Uh, she was amazed to find another girl like herself, but kind of strange-looking girl, curiously dressed and not moving. Maybe dead? She was filled with oh. pity, and, and she put Photogen's head in her lap and began stroking his face. So we have the meeting of the day boy and the night girl. And now they fight or kiss or ignore each other. <laughs> What's it going to be? Choose, turn to page blank. Her warm hands brought him back to himself and he looked up with a, with a strange sound of fear that was kind of half moan, half gasp. When he saw her face, he drew a deep breath and lay motionless, her blue eyes singing, seeming to give him some courage. And he asked in a trembling and odd voice and half a whisper, Who are you? Are you a lion? Are you the moon to eat me? Are you, are you the moon? <laughs> I am Nycteris, she says, and his fear began to move again, and he said, You are a creature of darkness and love the night. She answered, Well, I may be a creature of darkness. I hardly know what you mean. That's nonsense that you're saying <laughs> with your mouth words. Uh, but I do not love the night. I love the day with all my heart, and I sleep the whole night long. As we have forgotten from last week. Uh, she she don't know what which is, is which. Day. Yeah. yeah. Um, how can that be? Asked Photogen, rising rising on his elbow, but dropping his head back to her lap when he saw the scary, scary moon in the sky. When I see your eyes there, wide awake. She just smiled and stroked him, not understanding him and assuming <laughs> he was delirious or something. She, <laughs> she just, just like put her fingers over his lips. Yeah, she sh- pursed them. This is some hot nonsense you're saying, my dude. Or my girl, because he does think he's a girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, He shuddered and cried out how horrible it was to be turned into such a shameful coward. Uh, Thanks, Moon. Yeah, thanks, Moon, for making me a coward. Uh, But he, as ashamed as he was to admit it, was so frightened. And all of this, this whole nighttime situation, was very frightful. What is so frightful? Asked Nycteris with a smile like that of a mother to her child, waked from a bad dream. All, all, he answered, all this darkness and the roaring. My dear, there is no roaring. How sensitive you must be. What you hear is only the walking of the water and the running about of the sweetest of all creatures. She is invisible, and I call her everywhere, because she goes through all the other creatures and comforts them. And now she is abusing herself and them too, with shaking them and kissing them and blowing in their faces. 
You call that roaring. You should hear her when she's rather angry, though. I don't know why, but she sometimes is, and then she does roar a little. <laughs> I love Nectarus. <laughs> it is so horribly dark, said Photogen, now satisfied that there was no roaring, after being informed that it wasn't in fact roaring. He just amended his statement. Yeah, he's like, okay, so there's no roaring, but it's also dark. But it, but it is dark, still, and I don't like it. It's still scary. Dark? <laughs> you should be in my room when an earthquake has killed my lamp. I don't understand. <laughs> how How can you call this dark? You have eyes. They're a little bigger than Madame Watho's or Falca's, but perhaps you cannot see with them because they are so black. Darkness can't see. Of course. All right. Never mind. Oh, I'll yeah. Doesn't eyes. she have, like, bad eyes? Yeah, she's got giant blue eyes. And he has black eyes. Never mind. I'll, I'll be your eyes and teach you to see. Look! Those lovely white things in the grass with red sharp points all folded together into one. I thought that was the whole lesson. <laughs> I'll teach you that to see. It. Look! <laughs> Look over there. It's there you go. You did it. You passed. Here's your diploma. Uh, Photogen looked close at the flowers and thought he'd seen something like them before, but he wasn't sure. As Nycteris had never seen an open daisy, he had never seen a closed one. She kept trying to comfort him with various observations of the world around them while stroking his cheeks and hair like you do. Um, but he looked plainly miserable as he as she praised her lamp and was on the verge of telling her that it looked like a witch walking in the sleep of death. <laughs> She's like, look, look at the beautiful sky lamp. So lovely. And she's like, that's a witch. <laughs> uh, if I've he, ever seen one. Yeah, but he was not so ignorant as Nycteris, and he knew even in moonlight that she was a woman. And while she comforted his fear, her presence made him the more ashamed of it. He was also unsure of her exact nature and he, and wondered that he might annoy her and make her leave him to his misery if he expressed his true feelings about the moon. <laughs> so he stayed still, not daring to move in case she would move, and if she were to move, leave him in the darkness. Uh, and if he was left there, he would weep like a child. So he's in a fragile state. Uh, she asked him where he came from and where he slept, and he signed in the direction of the house, and she laughed in delight. When you've learned not to be frightened, you will always be wanting to come out here with me. <laughs> she kept trying to Boy, get him I can't to... wait for that day. <laughs> she kept trying to get him to look at things that he couldn't see very well in the dark, and he wished that she would keep making him open his eyes, and every other moment he would start and grasp tight hold of her as the, some fresh pang of terror th shot through him. It's going to be so great when you're not a scared lump of shit. <laughs> We're going to have so much fun. Um, <laughs> and she says, oh, come on, dear. You must be a brave girl. A girl, he shouted. That's to, it. Starting to his feet in wrath. Oh, if you man. were a man, I should kill you. I shall take this no further. I, I would. I, would I am alpha life. as fuck. I would end your life of the implication of boobies. <laughs> How dare. A man, she repeated. What is that? How could Don't. I be that? Aren't Don't we both learn. girls? Don't learn. It's <laughs> Don't. not going to be good. You're, you've been you, you've been doing so good so far. You have far. such a charmed, blessed life. Just, <laughs> just don't, look at, don't look at anything. Don't learn about things. The shadows are good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not a girl, he answered. 
Although, he changed his tone and cast himself on the ground at her feet. I have given you too good a reason to call me one. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> He's the absolute worst. Oh, I see. Of course, you can't be a girl. Girls aren't afraid without reason. I understand. It's because you're not a girl that you're so frightened. <laughs> Just fucking pile drive him into the dirt, Nicterus. <laughs> bury this man with your words he twisted and writhed on the grass good (laughs) no it's not he sulked (laughs) it's this horrible darkness that makes me behave like a girl if only the sun would would rise the sun what is that she cried now in her turn to conceive a vague fear uh, Photogen then broke into a long rhapsody, calling the sun the soul of life, the heart and glory of the universe, uh, explaining that the heart of man is strong and brave in its light. And she says, then that's not the sun, and points at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> that, he cried in utter <laughs> it's scorn. It's a witch! <laughs> I know nothing about that, except that it is ugly and horrible. At best, it can only be the ghost of a dead sun. That is what makes it look so frightful. She's going to bite him in the jugular. (laughs) She should. (laughs) No, said Nycteris after a long, thoughtful pause. You must be wrong. (laughs) Good good instincts. You haven't been right about anything so far. (laughs) I don't see why you'd start now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see a need to start believing you. I think the sun is the ghost of a dead moon, and that is how he is so much more splendid, as you say. So there's another big room like this one where the sun lives? I have no idea what you mean. Uh, (laughs) I do know you are intending to be kind, though you probably shouldn't call a poor fellow in the dark a girl. The worst of insults you could ever say to anybody. Yeah. Uh, Will you let... Pardon? What? The The worst insult? Yeah, being a girl is like basically the worst thing, right? Like... Uh, clearly. It's right up there with being dead. (laughs) Being dead would be better than being a girl. (laughs) Will you let me lie here and take a nap in your lap and watch over me and take (laughs) care of me? Until the sun gets here to make me brave. (laughs) Uh, She agreed and he falls asleep. So they sat there all night long. Eventually, Nycteris also started growing drowsy with sitting completely still for so long, uh, and it was also becoming close to the time when she was accustomed to going to sleep. So she closed her eyes and then opened them suddenly wide, and in that, what felt to her like a brief moment, a huge change had come upon the world. The moon was now in the west, grown pale as though with fear, the light seeming to dissolve out of her like she was dying, but everything around looked strangely clear clearer than she'd ever seen anything before. It was almost like the moon was giving everything up and melting away. Nycteris was growing afraid, seeking refuge with her face in her lap. It was a beautiful... Uh, uh, the refuge was a fa- with the face in her lap, so uh, she's staring at Photogen's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she thinks that his face is a beautiful face, although she didn't really know what to call it, because he got really mad when she called it what Watho called her. Mainly girl. So she's like, I don't know what this is. It's kind of pretty. But I like it. (laughs) The growing light was frightening still because she did not understand it. 
And she felt it was like death coming upon her, and she wondered what she was about to grow into. And all the strength was leaving her, and the light was growing painful and blinding. Because <laughs> if you have eyes that can see color in, in darkness, I imagine the sunlight is going to be really hurtful. <laughs> uh, Photogen woke and sprang to his feet with a radiant smile. Nycteris gave a cry and covered her eyes with her hands, then blindly stretched out her arms to him, crying, I am frightened. What is this? This must be death, and I don't wish to die yet. I love this room, and I love the lamp, and I want no other place. What is the matter with you, girl? Said Photogen with the arrogance of all male creatures until they have been taught by the other kind. (laughs) He stood looking down at her over his bow, of which he was examining the stream. There's nothing to fear now, child. It's day. The sun is up. Thanks for the night's lodging. I'm off, and don't be a goose. (laughs) If ever I can do anything for you, and all that, you know... Oh. So, that's how he does. Put him in the ground. <laughs> He's the fucking worst. Sucks. She, she begs him not to leave her, the light sucking all the strength out of her, and and explains that she is just so frightened. But he was already swimming through the river and rushing across the hill. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go kill some. That's that's been like ten minutes of daylight, and I haven't murdered an animal. Peace. Um, Sun's out, guns out. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, hearing no answer from him, she removed her hands, and she saw that she, he had reached the top of the hill. The sun rays alighting upon him as he fitted an arrow to his bow and shot bow and shot it somewhere, then darted after it with a shout of exultation, like "Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Murder time!" Yeah! Woohoo! <laughs> Hit her with the double deuces and just tumbled down a hill. <laughs> but the brain of Nycteris was pierced through and through. It was all too much. A flaming furnace around her. Um, I'm sure it's much warmer than she's ever experienced, too. So in despair and feebleness and agony, she crept back, feeling her way with doubt and difficulty and enforced persistence to her cell. Uh, once she made it to the safety of darkness, she threw herself on her bed and slept, while Photogen, above in the sun, pursued the buffaloes on the lofty plain, thinking not once of her where she lay in the dark, all forsaken now, uh, while he was in his glory and his pride. Because he's a real douche canoe. <laughs> uh, but when the sun had reached about noon, uh, he began to remember the past night with some level of shame. Proving uh-huh. himself, and to a girl no less, a coward who was only bold in daylight when there was nothing to fear. There's uh, a lot of things to fear in daylight. There are. I do not much care for it. Maybe more so than the nighttime. In the manner of a lot of narcissistic personality types, he has decided that there's something terribly unfair in it. Like, maybe a spell's been cast on him, who or did he this ate, to me? or drank something <laughs> that did not agree with courage. It's like, ah, it was that soup that made me a coward. <laughs> Why did the moon cast a spell on me? I don't have a problem. <laughs> Any, anything to avoid responsibility. Anyway, he'd been taken completely unprepared, and no one could possibly blame him. He caught at every possible excuse, eager as a self-lover, so this, the writer does know what narcissists are, to lighten uh-huh. his self-contempt. <laughs> uh, he terrified the other huntsmen that day with his reckless daring, trying to prove himself that he was no coward, uh, but there was nothing that could ease his shame. No amount of 
standing a bareback on a horse while shooting arrows into other animals could make him feel less of a coward. No, no pony ollies. The only thing that could maybe fix this was the resolve to encounter the dark in solemn earnest this time and conquer his fear and wipe out his disgrace. So that I'm gonna night, kill the moon. <laughs> that night he stood under the boughs of a great beech, great beech tree as the sun went down, but before it was half down he was trembling, and the moment the glowing disc vanished he bounded away in terror to the valley, his fear growing as he ran back to the river in the garden. He should stab his own legs for being cowards. <laughs> Uh, when he opened his eyes again, there was no girl, only the stars and the great waste of the night. He didn't dare move, so he decided to try and sleep, and maybe he'd find his head in her lap again with a beautiful dark face bending over him. When he woke up again, he was still in the grass, but it was daylight, and despite all the sun glory in his heart and his veins, uh, his hunting this day was a lot less eager. He ate little, and he was thoughtful even to sadness. For I a fucked s- it up again. I didn't kill the moon. I did not kill the moon. For a second time, he was defeated but maybe a third chance he could prove himself. (laughs) No, he didn't. He was still a coward. In fact, he (laughs) failed seven times. (laughs) Thank you, author, for skipping that bit. He did. I was very appreciative of that. (laughs) I was like, all right, cool. Uh, In fact, he failed seven times, each time with an increase of failure and a growing sense of ignominy. So so strong that even his daylight courage began to fade this is the world's first episode of arrested development (laughs) that is very on brand yeah Yeah. (laughs) this time i'll do it he didn't seven more times (laughs) and finally from a mixture of exhaustion from always getting wet from jumping in fear into the river and then lying outside every night yeah that's why he's wet (laughs) it's not the pee-pee streaming down his legs from his terror it's a mixture of terror, pee-pee, and river. <laughs> um, and the consuming of all that fear and shame. On the seventh morning, he didn't even go out to hunt, but took to his bed. Uh-oh. It's just full collapse time. Yep. So the grand health over which the witch had taken such pains to like instill in him by putting him naked in sunlight as a baby or whatever, I don't, I still don't know what her plans are. Slowly baking um, him, just so give him, <laughs> give him beautiful sun-kissed skin. Okay, so the grand health had yielded, and in about an hour or two, he was moaning and crying in delirium. <laughs> He's got himself a little cold, I guess. Watho, you may recall is also ill, and like many sick people, worse-tempered for it. And it is a peculiarity of witches that what makes sympathy in others only repulses them. So someone being sick just makes them mad. (laughs) Witches hate that shit. They really do. And this witch had a poor, helpless, rudimentary spleen of a conscience left, which was just enough to make her uncomfortable and therefore more wicked. I'm gonna call bullshit on that, by the way. I don't think that witches are happy when people are healthy either. Probably not, but I'm not sure. I think witches just hate people. I mean, it is Uh, kind of their business to make people feel better and then not better, right? Because they do cures and hexes and stuff. Yeah. So when Watho heard that Photogen was ill, she was angry at his wretched failure. And because he was... Now I gotta start again with a new baby. 
gotta kidnap another woman. This whole experiment went to shit. Of making, I guess, the healthiest boy. I don't know what her plan was. The healthiest son boy. Um, because he was her failure, she was annoyed with him and began to dislike him, then grew to hate him, looking upon him as a painter might upon a picture in which he had only succeeded into getting into an irrecoverable mess. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked this one up. I hate it. It's the worst. I'm gonna trash it. Well, I have a number of Photoshop documents titled that. <laughs> that exact long phrase? Yes. So in the hearts of witches, love and hate lie pretty close together, and they often kind of tumble over each other. So whether it was the failure with Photogen, whether it was that the failure with Photogen also foiled whatever nebulous plan she had for Nycteris, (laughs) um, or that her illness made her yet more of a devil's wife, Watho also grew sick of the girl. (laughs) That's a good way to never tell us what the plan actually was. Yeah, we don't know. (laughs) Sad step. Just that it failed. Yeah, it's, it's totally fell apart. Also, is that unique to the hearts of witches? I don't. I don't. Maybe we're all a little witch inside. <laughs> Are we all witch? Everyone is witch. So yeah, she was sick to to of the girl and hated knowing that she was in the castle. So Watho was well enough to go into Photogen's room and torment him. You know when you're just sick enough. To be able to make other people miserable. That's yeah. about where she's at. <laughs> it's like um, just so to she... make them unhappy, not necessarily to put them in danger. Yeah. Uh, so she'd go to his room and torment him, telling him that she hated him like a serpent, and then hissing like one as she said that, which has to be <laughs> quite an experience, I would think. I hate you. Like this. <laughs> Photogen thought she meant to kill him and hardly ventured to take anything brought to him. So she, he was pretty sure that she was like going to try and poison him or something. So he was eating as little as he could. <laughs> she ordered every ray of light shut out of his room. So he started to get kind of used to darkness. Um, and she would also take one of his arrows and tickle him with the feather end and then prick him with the point to make him bleed a little. Is this <laughs> Bane's backstory? <laughs> The Batman is this what yeah, he I meant? Remember he was Tom like, Hardy reciting this. He was like, "I was born in darkness." I don't remember his voice. And then I they, was tickled in darkness. They tickled me in a feather, <laughs> dark night. Someone make that video. You merely adopted the tickles, Bruce Wayne. I robbed the stock market or something. I don't really understand what happened. I'm gonna, in that I'm gonna blow up a football stadium. What her goals were, who knows? I think we just said it. <laughs> She's going to rob the stock market and blow up a football stadium. That's, that makes as much sense as any to other prove... goal she could possibly have with this entire scheme. <laughs> to prove that Batman doesn't work as law enforcement. <laughs> uh, but she quickly made him decide that it's time to try to escape. Maybe find his mom somewhere some behind, beyond the forest. Uh and if it weren't for the whole problem of there being darkness in between days, he would have nothing to fear from this plan. That is, however, a rather insurmountable problem. <laughs> As he lay helpless in the dark, he would occasionally think about the lovely creature who had nursed him, wondering why she hadn't reappeared. Uh, she might have taught him not to fear the night, but it was weird she was scared of the day. <laughs> he realized, rather belatedly, that his selfish joy at the return of the sun had made him treat her kind of like shit. 
Hmm. And he he wished to find her again and do it better. Introspection? Yeah. He won't, though. Is he getting... Is he he woking? I I was going to say that, but I feel like woke might be a stretch. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I feel like kind of just introspection of realizing maybe you were a dick to someone doesn't make you woke. It just means you have some empathy. I have a question. Develop mild empathy. Okay. About Photogen. Yeah. Has he accomplished literally anything he has sought out to do in this story? Uh, He has killed some animals. Did we get to see it? We didn't get to see it. We were told that he did. Yeah. So I'm not counting that. Okay. Everything that he has said out loud that he's going to do and then set out to do, he has failed. So far, yes. And I don't believe that that's going to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he was worried that the sun had maybe killed her if she was some sort of nymph of the river. <laughs> Is he going to fight the sun? I don't, maybe. For I her mean, honor? He could say it. <laughs> and then, then we know he won't. <laughs> uh, Nycteris, meanwhile, had not recovered from her sudden encounter with daylight or from the rudeness of the shining creature that she had nursed all night. All of which were beyond her comprehension. She's like, okay, first off, day? What the fuck? Secondly, who the hell is this boy and where does he get off? Meanwhile, Watha was plotting evil against her, like a sick child wary of its toy wanting to pull it to pieces. She had decided to set Nycteris in the sun to watch her die, like a jellyfish on a hot rock, in order to soothe the wolf pain that was inside her. So one day, a little before noon, while Nycteris was in her deepest sleep, she had a darkened litter brought to the door and had two men carry Nycteris to the grass and leave her there. Watho watched all of this from the top of her tower through her telescope. (laughs) Seeing Nycteris sit up and cast herself down once again with her face to the ground. (laughs) So we have a witch at the top of the tower peering at this girl through a telescope to watch her die slowly in the sun for entertainment purposes. Because whatever plan she originally had for inviting two pregnant women to her house, making them unaware of each other's existence, and stealing their babies, and then raising her baby the babies as night boy or night girl and day boy has fallen through, so she might as well kill it like an Ant with a, a magnifying glass. She she chuckles softly to herself, looking through the telescope, muttering, A fitting end to my decades-long plan. <laughs> <laughs> More or less, she'll have a sunstroke, said Waka, <laughs> and that'll be the end of her. <laughs> <laughs> then a buffalo, tormented by a fly, came galloping along straight for where Nycteris lay in the grass. It started at the side of her swerve stop and came up slowly, looking malicious. Oh, now she'll be trodden to death, said Watho. That's the way these creatures do. Where's my popcorn? (laughs) But the buffalo just sniffed the girl, then ran off like a demon had him by a tail. (laughs) A A gnu, even more dangerous, came by and did much of the same, as did a gaunt wild boar. But no creature hurt Nycteris, and Watho was angry with all of creation. Oh, just <laughs> all of it, huh? Yeah, just scrap it, start over. I mean, that is her M.O. Yes. At length, in the shade of her hair, Nycteris's eyes began to adjust, and the first thing she saw was an open daisy. 
She thought it was really cruel that the flower had been forced open like that by the death lamp in the sky, and she tried to fix it, but she couldn't. Death lamp. Death lamp is my new favorite name for sin. (laughs) Way better than dayball. So she went on thinking and began to reflect that since there was no roof to keep out the fiery death lamp, this creature must have seen it a thousand times and been fine. And then she began to ask the question if maybe this form of the daisy uh, might not be its more perfect condition. And maybe the death lamp didn't mean to hurt her. The colors were all coarse, but she remembered that the eyes of the creature that was not a girl also saw things differently in the darkness, so perhaps that was what was happening here. So she has, like, fucking empathy and the ability to critically and critical reason her, thinking. Yeah, <laughs> her way through things, and she's like, this is overwhelming, and it's a lot, but maybe it's normal, and it's me who's the problem. What a useful and powerful skill she's lucky enough to possess. Indeed. So she decided to wait and bear and be patient for darkness to come again so that she can, like, be comfortable. And so she lay there so still that Watho figured she'd fainted and be dead by nightfall. Uh, So Watho made sure that her telescope was positioned on the motionless form so that she could see it as soon as morning came. I'm gonna go get my fucking lawn chair for this. (laughs) She went down to Photogen's room. He was feeling better enough to have resolved to leave the castle that night, though the darkness was terrible. Uh, Watho was worse than darkness, and he couldn't escape in the day, because she was, I guess, always looking through her telescope at at things, waiting to watch stuff die or whatever. Uh, He had taken his knife, his bow, his arrows, some bread and some wine as soon as the house had seemed still that night, and he made his way to the plane. But between his illness... And the general terror, a pants-wetting cowardice that he feels all the time. By the time he got to the plane, he couldn't walk anymore and decided to sit down and just die. Sleep overtook him, and when he woke, it was in a sense of strange comfort and security in spite of the darkness. The weird naiad had him once again in her lap, and he thanked her, telling her she was like live armor to his heart, keeping the fear off of him, and that he'd been ill since and asked if she had come from the river. She said, oh, I don't live in the water. I live under the pale lamp, and I die under the bright one. And he's like, oh, okay. I get it. Um, I I wouldn't have behaved like such an ass if I had understood this when we first met. Uh, I did think you were mocking me. <laughs> I, I beg lesson? your pardon. Huh? Isn't that a life lesson? Yeah. I beg your pardon, now that I understand that you you were truly frightened by the day. And she says, yeah, I was. I was scared. And I will be again. Um, and I don't understand your fear of this gentle, sweet darkness. <laughs> so they begin actually talking and sharing their history and deciding, yeah, Watho's the worst. We should probably go. <laughs> and he says, yeah, as soon as morning's here. And she says, um, we can't wait until morning. Because I'm going to be kind of useless. And uh, then what will you do the next night if you have to leave me here because I can't move? Also, Watho sees best in daytime, so we probably shouldn't play into that. Um, Just saying that you happen to share a lot of uh, problematic faves with Watho. Yeah, just so you know. (laughs) Including the death lamp. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Telltale signs. He was still a coward, and she said, It's alright, I'll be with you. I'll take care of you until the dreadful sun comes up, and then you can leave me and go quickly, but please just put me in, like, a dark place first before you just, like, dump me. And he says, Oh, I won't leave you, but please, please, let's wait till daylight. 
And she's like, no, dude, were you listening? We're, we are never going to make it out of here. <laughs> we have to leave now. You need to learn to be strong in the dark, too, or you'll only ever be half brave. Uh, she explains that she's begun already to try and be at peace with his son and understand what the sun is, and he needs to do the same with her darkness. Like, get your shit together. The world doesn't revolve around you. Learn how to handle other other situations <laughs> than that with which you are naturally comfortable. Uh, than that is, with which you naturally thrive in. Yeah, which is such a like, I don't. This is such a good lesson to have found in a <laughs> in a story from the early 1900s <laughs> that is still relevant today. Like you get you get to have the world cater to you all the time, day boy. <laughs> you need to learn how to be comfortable in other people's mm. realities. Like, you don't have to about... like it, but you need to f- learn how to function within it. A story about make... privilege. Yeah. <laughs> and how, yeah, and how it's annoying. I don't know, it's just, it's lovely. It's a lovely story about <laughs> terrible privilege. You don't get to call yourself hot shit when you face literally zero obstacles. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he persists that she doesn't know about the scary beasts and things that live in the night and she threatens to just pretend to leave him to make him come with her <laughs> just like look dude if you can't get your shit together by yourself I'll just I'll leave good luck um, he waxes on about her eyes she threatens to shut them so that he doesn't have them as a comfort anymore and she promises that she can see the beasts before they're a problem and he says, well, you can't shoot them. And she says, no, but I can avoid them. When I found you, I was in the middle of a game with two or three of them at once. I see them before they're near me, but you need to be quiet or they'll hear you. The wind comes from the south, where they can't scent us. I've been amusing myself with them for a long time. Every now and then I let them get a, get a scent of me on the edge of the wind, and then they would turn around and bound toward me, but they couldn't see me as well as I could see them, so I'd run around them until they couldn't find me. It's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, is, this is what she did tonight, I guess. You missed a lot of cool adventures, anyway. Yeah. While we were busy focusing on you panicking about things, I was playing tag with, with uh, wild... Uh, like night I, panthers. I was, I was playing stink tag with night panthers. <laughs> love stink tag. I fucking love Nutris though. Like, what a great person. I don't know what any of this shit is, but I'm gonna play night tag with a predator. <laughs> uh, but when the wind turns. Uh, there might be a whole army of them coming for us, so you should probably come with me while, like, I know where things are. This gets him yielding as she uses his cowardice against him. His steps are feeble, and as night went on, he seemed more ready to sink. She had him lean on her, and they went on, avoiding the green eyes in the darkness. She didn't bother to tell them him when she saw them. She just, like, moved them around <laughs> the, the obstacles. She's like, he doesn't need to know. It's fine. He's barely functioning. I got this. And then morning began to come, and he began to grow better, but he was tired with walking instead of sleeping all night. She was also tired from walking and supporting him all night, so they stopped, embracing each other, each supported only by the leaning weakness of the other, until the sun rose and Photogen revived. Nycteris cried out in pain and hid her face. And look, I know she's afraid of the daytime too, but I feel like she has a much more legitimate reason... Like, it physically mm-hmm. hurts her. 
Yeah, that also that it's seems... when Watho is about. Yeah, she right. has a lot more reasons. Seems fair. Yeah. So he picked her up and carried her with her head lying on his shoulder. To clarify even further, not that I feel like we need to, but the difference between them is that he doesn't understand what he's afraid of, and she very much understands what she's afraid of. Yeah. And that's why she's a girl and he is not, according to her. (laughs) (laughs) Girls aren't afraid without reason. (laughs) Not like you boys. Just a delightful tale. All right. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, the telescope of Watho was angrily sweeping the landscape until she swung it from her in rage and ran to shut herself up in her room because she couldn't find the dead body she had just so carefully placed it to look at. There, Watho anointed herself from head to foot with an ointment and then did a dance until she was foaming at the mouth with fury. When Falca went looking for her later, she couldn't find her anywhere. Meanwhile, back with our... Um, day boy and night girl uh the wind shifted by where they were walking and she moved uneasily in his arms and murmured in his ears i smell a wild beast from where the wind is blowing so photogen turned to look back toward the castle and saw a dark speck coming across the grass with the speed of the wind approaching nearer and nearer he set nycterus down in the shadow of a tree and strung his bow as he notched his arrow he saw the creature was a tremendous wolf rushing at them He loosed the knife in his sheath, drew another arrow halfway in case the first should fail, took his aim at a good distance to leave time for a second chance. The arrow flew straight, struck the beast, and started again into the air, doubling like the letter V. He quickly snatched the other arrow, shot, and threw his bow down to draw his knife. But this arrow was in the brute's chest up to the feather, and the wolf tumbled head over heels, groaned, struggled, and lay motionless. So he's a pretty good hunter. She was a werewolf. Yeah, there was literally a wolf in her head. I killed it, Nycterus. It's a great red wolf. Oh, thank you, she said feebly from behind the tree. I was sure you would. I was not a bit afraid. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) He went to investigate and retrieve his arrow, and he pulled it from the chest, and then, suddenly, instead of a wolf, it was Watho, with her hair tied around her waist. The foolish witch had made herself invulnerable, she thought, but she had forgotten that she had handled one of his arrows in order to torment him, and that was the arrow that had actually struck her. Probably we could have used a little bit more loaded gun showing on that one <laughs> before this reveal. Like, when we do the film version of this, we'll have to, like, increase some of our uh, uh, planting and payoff. So he ran back to tell Nycterus what he found, and she shuddered and wept and would not look. Watho was still kind of a mom to her. Shitty mom, but... <laughs> well, a mom nonetheless. I guess. Did they interact much? I thought it was all... I think it was uh, mostly Falca. Watho yeah. taught her music, which also hasn't come up, so... <laughs> Ever again. <laughs> yeah. So we should probably, like, make that a part of the tale as well. Because I like, you know, this is one of the more compelling things about Tangled, and I know you hate Tangled, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate the story. Well, I do hate the story, but for different reasons. Right, right. Um, but the, I resent the, Tangled more you than resent, I hate it. Right. Uh, but the one thing that I really liked was that moment when the witch was defeated and you could see actual agony in Rapunzel because there was still sure. a connection there. Like, I thought yeah. that was a really nice human moment. Uh, so I would love to keep that in here, which means that we would probably need to, like, <laughs> actually give them a relationship if that yeah. had any meaning. Yeah. So they didn't need to run anymore since Watho was dead. So they left her body and went back to the castle. 
A cloud came over the sun and rain began to fall, so Nycteris was able to see a little bit better and walk with Photogen's help. They came across Fargu and the other huntsmen, and Photogen tell them, told them what happened. Fargu, if you forgot, is the one who uh, trained him up in murdering animals. All the huntsmen looked very grave, but gladness shone through, and Fargu went to go bury his mis mistress, but they found that she was already buried in birds and beasts that were eating her. So, sky burial, she's fine. It's all good. Yeah. We don't have to dig a hole. That's fine. <laughs> so Fargu returned to them and said, Hey, you should maybe like tell all of this to the king. I'm sure he needs to know that a witch, werewolf, or whatever who used to own a castle is dead now. Oh, no. Don't narc. <laughs> and Photogen said, Yeah, that's probably a good idea, but I'm going to marry Nycteris first so that even the king can't part us. We clearly need each other. She's teaching me to be brave in the dark, and I need to look after her until she can bear the heatness, heat and brightness of the sun. So they got married, and the next day they went to go tell the king the whole story. And Photogen's mom and dad were there. Aurora, the lady who was haunted by smiles, nearly died with joy and told everyone how Watho had lied and made her believe her kid was dead. No one knew anything about Nycteris's parents, but Aurora saw her own azure eyes in the girl, and it made her think strange things and wonder how even the wicked might join together the good. Through Watho, the mothers who had never seen each other had changed eyes in their children. Hmm. What? Huh? Is this witch stuff? Excuse I guess me? it's witch stuff. This would be a thing that we would need to either omit or change or, or explain somehow. I vote the first option. This story is already... Had very convoluted enough there's yeah. a lot not convoluted on. it's just it's fine without it yeah <laughs> there, it, there, there just is like a, it's not lacking <laughs> it was just a strange detail that the girl was born with the boy's mother's eyes and the boy was born with the girl's mother's eyes yeah makes you think don't it does make you it, think it don't it really doesn't i, don't, I have no idea <laughs> what that could possibly mean or imply so the king granted them the lands and castle of watho and they lived and taught each other for many years before even one year had passed, Nycteris had come to love the day best because it was the clothing and crown of Photogen, and Photogen had come to love the night best because it was the home and mother of Nycteris. So they like, learned to appreciate each other. Aww. But who knows, Nycteris would say to Photogen, that when we go out we shall not go into a day as much greater than your day as your day is greater than my night. So I, I don't, I guess they're talking about heaven and dying. <laughs> I don't really know. The end. That's how it is. <laughs> so, Tyler, ten years from now, would you be proud of what you were doing today? Uh, no. Today, okay. no. <clears throat> I mean, proud is a strange adjective to apply to listening to a story. I enjoyed the story. Yeah. Certainly. I don't feel like I added anything to it. <laughs> Yeah, we like we're really here. If just... anything, I detracted this time. <laughs> we're here just fucking up George McDonald's great work out loud into a microphone. There's... Sorry about that. Yeah, there's nothing we've done to be proud of. Sorry you had to hear the story from us. Yeah, go read it <laughs> go, from yeah. org. Go do that. And uh, the people who make movies, let's talk. <laughs> Again, come on. We've been hounding you for a while. Give us one. One movie. Just waiting for you. That's how it works, right? I think so. If we can get one thumper in there, then I think we'll be set. One thumper? Yeah. Like what one, does this mean? Like one thumper of a movie. Oh. It means it's good. 
Well, thank you to George McDonald for this excellent lesson on privilege. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you to Aubrey M. for suggesting this tale to us. Thank you. Thank you to all of you for listening to it. And uh, for those of you who have supported our show, thank you very much for keeping us going and uh, entertaining us through the dark days and bright nights or whatever. Um, As Batman says. Yes. <laughs> and the immortal words of Batman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, of course, to our top tier patrons. Brendan, the guy with the spare MacGuffin. Heirius, Pink Nectary, Ubaloo, in honor of my father sending me a ficus for Valentine's Day, Becca, once more rising from the swamp, Kelly, while she moralized the boat drifting at the mercy of the waves, struck a rock and scarcely two pieces of the wood held together, uh, Katarina, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetto drinking deep at the trial of gender fluids, Caitlin, Danielle, Wyatt, Soapy Faye, Olwen, Queen of Terrible Taste, Allie, Detroit Become Crab, Cobus Cat, Vespa is Grateful for Kingdom Hearts, Versus, Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pyrus, Kelty, Nathan the Scott, Alex, Banjo Bug, I Am Japan's Number One Momotaro, <laughs> Maya, Grey, Goetic Prince of the Arcane, High Listus of Wimbo, Wimbus, Yahweh Yahweh, uh, Little Smorgasbord, Haley, Dominic, Justin, Willow, Winter Root, Izzy, Heather, High Meow Lady of the Cult of Cricket, and Jenny, Jenna. Whew. I can words today. So good. <laughs> Thank you all. You thank spent you. a lot of them before this, to be fair. Also, thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore. That's how it works. Happily ever after. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.